Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Uh, welcome to College Street. Welcome to Victory Church. If it's your first time uh, joining us, welcome home. You know, it's, it takes a lot of people, uh, amazing worship team, people behind the scenes that don't get enough credit uh, to create this atmosphere where we can come as we are and we don't have to be perfect and God will do something great in us in this space of his grace. And so I hope you came prepared, ready to receive today. If you do, just give me a thumbs up if you're ready. All right, some of you aren't even ready, but that's okay. God's ready. He's ready for you. He can handle it. So turn to someone and say, he can handle it. Okay. Now they don't sound too convinced, so tell the other person, I know. <laughs> there you go. Good stuff. Well, a welcome uh, to part two of this series, Flipping Tables. You, you know, if we could just be honest for a moment, in this season, it's kind of been that season where there's a lot of things that appear sturdy that aren't really stable, Right? There's things that we realize that we can't really put our weight in or our trust on, um, especially when we need it most. And I think for many of us, we, we're just, we've had enough. You know, enough is enough. There's certain things we want to go over to that table, just like Jesus did in the temple, and start flipping them. Flipping the tables of the wealth into the, into the hands of the righteous. Flipping the tables of religion into relationship, hurt into healing. Whatever that may be, you're in the right place. And God wants to help you flip those tables today. So I've entitled this message, A Mother's Request. A Mother's Request. And I think it's appropriate for such a time as this. You know, my mother, she always told me, she still tells me, I'm so handsome and so strong and so gifted. And, and um, she told me I could, I could do pretty much whatever, you know. And as a child, I believed my mother. And I was pretty... Cu- confident of that. James, <laughs> either way, I, this is next level, James. What's, <laughs> wouldn't be my pick of a cop, but. I, uh, I heard you were special. Wow. Thanks, James. Ladies and gentlemen, James Ponak. I thought I looked good. Okay, somebody can take that up. That's okay. I know I'm, I'm, I'm me special. Okay, awesome. Wow. Um, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and I don't think I'm going to be able to handle this the whole service either, so you could take that, Kels. Thank you. That's very sweet of you. That, honestly, would be a cup my mother would buy, so... If, if some of the ladies would like that, come talk to me after and we'll auction it off for the Christmas banquet. Um, <laughs> wow. Let's get back to reality for a moment. Sorry. That was great. That was actually, that was fun. You got my attention. So yeah, as I mentioned before, my, mo- my mother would tell me all these things about how special I was and I believed her. And that probably had a lot to do with my confidence as a child and even coming into my adult years. The scripture tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so he is or so he becomes. And we know that that life and death are in the power of the tongue. So when we speak over people and we speak into their lives, it's uplifting, is it not? 
And I think there's so many things uh, talk that we listen to. And some of our tables are standing on legs of, 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 of false belief, of, of legs of um, insecurity, uh, legs of doubt. And then we wonder why it won't support the dreams that God has for us on that table and why it won't stand. So not today. Today it changes how we speak about ourselves and how we speak about others, especially how we speak about young people. Because we got it. Maybe someone didn't speak well of you. Well, that's in the past. And God can make everything new. Come on. His mercies are made new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. But we have an opportunity even now to sow into others. And we reap what we sow. So I believe that, you know, every mother thinks their kid is the best. And if not, they should. Same with dads. You should think that you've got the best child and you should speak that into them. Because every child is unique. Yes, every child is different. And really, if they understand that uniqueness, one day that difference will create their reward. You know? And so we get an opportunity as a family, as a church, and as a community to speak life. So we're going to dive into Matthew 20 today. We know that just like the children and just like you, that we were all created in the very image of God. But unfortunately, when we look in the mirror, we don't always see the reflection of Jesus, right? And insecurity at its root, I believe, is false indignity. Okay, I'll say that again. Insecurity at its root is false indignity. It causes us to try to control and oppress instead of letting go and progress the way that God wanted us to. And so Jesus flips this table, especially when it comes to some of our self-identity. He flips the table of leadership when it comes to identifying true godly image. Are you with me? And so if you've got your Bibles, even if it's on a phone, could you just hold it up with me? Come on, hold, hold the word nice and high. You know, this is a sword. <laughs> you know, it, it, it reveals things that are in our heart. It speaks to us. It is live. It is active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so I, I think for some of you, the enemy has distracted you and you put your sword down. Come on. And you're going into battle and you got nothing in your hands. And he's saying, would you, would you pick up my word today? Would you build your tables that you, that he wants to put all the desires of your heart on, on his word today? Would you stand on this and not the worries of this world? Would you? Are you ready to stand on God's word today? He's got something good for you. You know, I got something okay, but God always has something greater. Okay. So we're going to lean into his word, Matthew uh, 20. If you would turn with me, whether it's in your phones or in your paper Bibles, Matthew 20, uh, starting in verse 20. And in your Bible, it might even say a mother's request. How many, it says a mother's request in your Bible. Oh, look at you. You all have the same Bible as me. That's cool. Yeah. So then verse, verse 20, I'm just going to read through it first and then we'll, we'll pick it apart. But it says, then the mother, then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it that you want? Jesus asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. 
you don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink of the cup that I am going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink of my cup, but to sit at my right or at my left is not for me to grant. These places belong for whom they have been prepared by my father. When the 10, so the other 10 disciples heard about this, they were indignant. They were indignant with the two brothers. And Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Someone say, not so. Not so. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you, your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So let's, let's start in that first verse, verse 21. This is a loaded question. What is it that you want? That's the first thing that Jesus said to the mother of these two sons, of her two sons, his two disciples. What is it that you want? As a coach, that's one of the things I'm trying to figure out all the time when I sit down with someone and what is it you really want? Oh, I want to be rich. Well, what does that mean? What will you do with that wealth? What is it that that you want? Well, I want my family to be happy. Hmm. Help me. Because vague goals lead to vague results. Give me clarity. Christ, help me. Give me clarity. He's asking you, what is it that you want? He knows the desires of our heart. He needs to hear it from our lips. Because when we speak it, heaven moves. Ladies and gentlemen, some of you for too long, your table has been on the legs of being silent. You've been told to be silent and not to speak out and to speak up. And what you need to speak out and speak up is the word of God. You need to speak truth in love. Come on. You need to speak hope for people. You need to be a voice. You need to speak over your family. You need to speak over those that are hurting. Speak healing. Speak life. Speak love. But you need to speak. And the enemy wants to keep you silent. He wants your prayers to remain silent, your requests to remain silent. But that might be your revelation today, is that you ask. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open unto you, Jason. (laughs) And Pops. And Norma. (laughs) Just say your name. You know, I read the rest of the scripture and it says, She says, grant that one of these two sons of mine sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. This is really cute. The the men and I were also studying this this morning. And I love that every every guy that comes, they have an opportunity to, how does this word speak out to you? And then uh, Coach Vince all of a sudden says, I just love that the mother really wanted her sons to be close to Jesus. Hello. Like, you can't get any closer than the right side and the left side of Jesus. She sees already the fruit in her son's life. And when you get to your kingdom, would you remember my boys? Would you have them? Could they be there on your right and on your left? I've never thought of it that way. But as a mother's request or a father's request, what do we want more than ever? For our children to know God, be close to God. 
that's for somebody today. It's not in my notes. Thank you, Coach Vance. But when, when, I, when I'm reading this scripture and this mother's request, I, I automatically, I think of my mom. That would be my mom. If you've met my mother, Pamela, she would be there at the foot of Jesus and she would be asking the exact same thing. And as I read it, I actually get embarrassed because I can see it like, mm, don't embarrass me in front of my boss. I mean, he's Lord and the other guys too. You know, but I totally, I don't know, anyone else picture their mom doing that? Well, God bless you. If your mom was like that, you know, and and she'd probably be going to Christ and want a little bit of credit. I raised them. (laughs) Kidding. Mom, I love you. And you know what? Moms and dads don't get enough credit. We need it. Come on, let's just give it up for moms and dads in the house. That's one of the greatest ministries that you can have is being a mom or a dad. And sometimes you might not have your own kids, but you're taking care of other people's kids. You're being a father to the fatherless, right? And a mom to someone that doesn't have mom, an uncle and aunt. So we're all, we're all in this. So God bless you all. So, but I think, um, although we'd all like a promotion, wouldn't we? I think there's, there's not one of us, ah, I've just been too blessed. You know, I couldn't use another blessing, another promotion. Um, but sometimes we struggle, you know, what makes us more worthy than the next person? And who are her boys, by the way? Uh, actually, they were James and John. James and John. Yeah, I think they're worthy. James and John did a pretty, pretty decent job. And interesting enough, if you go through the book of John, which was written by John, I know in, in chapters, uh, uh, chapter 23, verse 23, he writes how the disciple that Jesus loved, <laughs> come on, the disciple that Jesus loved uh, was sitting at the table. Look it up at the table next to Jesus, the one he loved. And I'm like, that's, that's cool, John. I'd probably do the same thing. You know, if I had, hey, I'm, I'm writing, if I get to be in the Bible and I get to get my perspective of it, hey, I knew I was loved by God. He loved me. He loved me. And there's several times when you read in John and, and you know, there's even some translations that love the most, it says. You know, there, there are times, you know, everybody else bailed. And John was there, and, and he knew, if anything, he knew that he was loved by God. And I mean, if that's just your one takeaway that you walk away with today, that, there's something for your whole table to stand on. Know that you are loved by God. I mean, the greatest of all of these is love. We know everything hangs off it. Love God, love others, right? We know we can have the gift of prophecy to move mountains and do all these things if we have not love. What are we? A gong show. That's right. We're a gong show. <laughs> so let's talk about this. Tell me if you could relate um, to any of this. Caleb, I could see you back there. Tell me if you could relate to this. Flipping the tables of wants for God's will. Wants for God's will. Yes, I know the, the scripture even says God knows the desires of your heart. In Psalm 37, verse 4, it says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. But what happens But when our, our desires don't align with God's direction? Okay, come on. It happens. Be honest with me. When, you, when your desire doesn't align with God's direction, that's when we experience destruction. The table of his will is always greater than our ways. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. Praise God. Why? Because his are higher and they're better. Because he's able to do above and beyond all you can hope, imagine, or dream of. 
His purposes and plans are to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. Right? That's what you can lean on. Come on. That's what you can put your dreams on. Come on. But there are times even when good intention doesn't line up with godly direction. I said that to the men this morning. You can have great intention, but sometimes, come on, sometimes it's not in line with God's direction. And that's what I love about the Christmas season. It's a time to regroup. It's a time to to realign. Just do a little bit more uh, alignment and adjustment and get back on track to a better way, come on, of doing things, a better way of thinking, a better way of responding, a better way of acting. I'll give you a great example of this, of an intention, someone's intention, but just not lined up with God's direction. And that was Peter. Remember Peter? I don't know if you know about Peter, but I love Peter, cursing Peter. Peter wasn't perfect. Think of that, not perfect Peter. That's why I love him so much. It's not perfect Peter. Loved Jesus, though. He messed up a lot, but he always went back and he stepped and walked towards the Messiah. Come on, that's for somebody tonight or today, whatever time of the day you're watching this. But so even Peter had this revelation. Jesus asked his disciples, who do others say I am? Right? And they list off, well, some say you're a prophet, you know, some say you're this. And then Jesus says, but who do you say I am? This ties in with what do you want? Because what you want better be tied in to who you believe in. Come on. And Peter says, you're the son of God. He has this revelation. Blessed are you. At the time, his name was Simon, which means like, like a, a, a reed blown this way and that way. He says, no longer will you be called Simon, but you'll be called Peter, which means the rock. And upon this, it wasn't on Peter. Ladies and gentlemen, let me be clear. We didn't build the church on Peter. It was the revelation that Peter had. He, Jesus, is the rock. Jesus is the cornerstone. And the revelation that upon this rock, this revelation, I will build my church and not even the gates of hell will prevail. Woo! So Peter goes from here. Watch this, watch this. Oh, yes, Lord. He has this revelation. He's got, he loves the Lord. He he stepped out of a boat. He walked on water. He's done all kinds of cool things. But then Jesus starts to say how he needs to go to the cross. His calling is the cross and how he's going to be portrayed. He's going to be portrayed and and, and he's going to be crucified and all these things. And then Peter, with great intention, says, Jesus, Lord, you don't have to do that. Great intention, misdirection. God's call, Jesus's direction, his calling was always the cross. And then what does Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. You know, he wasn't calling Peter Satan. But this this, this idea, then that's where our intention, some kind can be great intention, just we need to align with God's direction. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Okay, that was another message, but you got it. Thank you, Kelsey. Verse 24. And it says, when the 10 heard about this, And you always got to put yourself in the different characters, right? I like moving myself around in the scripture. I don't know where you would be. I was, you know, I was in the top two or there, you know. But then maybe now put yourself with the other ten, like, you know. It says, when the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Last week, we learned in Matthew 21. We went through 21 and 21, 15. When Jesus comes in, right, he flips the tables of those buying and selling the sacrifices at this crazy price and making it difficult for people to come in. Jesus is enough. This is righteous anger, right? He flips the table. But remember, the day even Jesus was hurt, but the day of Jesus' hurt became the day of everyone else's healing. 
right? Because then it says the lame were coming in and they were being healed. The blind were coming in and they were giving sight. And the children, they're shouting his name in the temple courts, right? And all this is going on and they're saying, Hosanna to the son of David. And here the religious leaders are indignant. Indignant comes from a a Latin word, indignus, meaning unworthy or refers to anger based on unworthy or unfair behavior. What causes uh, us to become indignant, especially towards others? None other than insecurity. Why do we have a hard time celebrating and honoring others, especially when we feel they didn't deserve it. You know what? Fairness ended at the foot of the cross. That's where it ended. Thank God I don't get what I deserve. (laughs) For Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But, someone say but, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. See, we are all given the same gift of salvation. So why do we get so caught up in status? Even in social media, where you're trying to build your your, your personal profile, and and what does it do? It upgrades your status. Hmm. I think uh, many of us deep down, we want to be recognized. We want to be valued. And most importantly, we want to know that we are making a difference. That's not a bad thing. In uh, verse 26, it says, not so with you. Turn to someone and say, not so with you. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be uh, first, your slave. But just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's talk about this table. The table of status. The table of status. If you would, just for a moment, would you consider flipping the table of status for service? Jesus comes into the picture and he shows us what true greatness looks like. Instead of demanding our rights, we offer our lives as a ransom for others. Being first means putting others first. Our goal isn't to be served, but to serve others. The Lord put it on my heart that there's some of us where the enemy has tried to use this this, um, victim mentality spirit. It happens. And and, And we can all get caught in it from time to time. And we've all need a rescuer. Yes, we all need a savior. But if we remain the victim, we'll never be victorious. If we remain with a mentality that we are the victim. You know, know, there's a season, even for the hero, the hero, it, it becomes a reward helping the victim. But after a while, it's not equipping, it's enabling. Because really the hero wants for you to become the hero and wants you to be helped. Why? So that you can help others. And if we don't start maturing, it becomes exhausting, right? 
for you and for others. And we don't want to exhaust others at our own, at their expense. Instead, we want to invest and watch as God takes care of the rest. I know I'm, hear my heart, hear my heart. I'm not calling you a victim. That's not who you are in Christ. You're the head, not the tail, okay? You better lean into God's word. You were made in his image. He goes before you. His favor surrounds you like a shield. Come on. You need to pick up the sword of the spirit. You need to armor up, but you need to go to war. You, you, you can't live victorious and always be the victim. You can't even be wealthy and have a poverty mentality. It won't matter how much money you make or how many things you accomplish, many friends like you on Facebook or on Instagram. You won't feel whole and you won't be healthy. You will be a victim, not a victor. You with me? There's gonna be some table flipping in here. Would you just, would you just stand with me right now? Would you stand? We're standing on God's word today like we should every day. Here's the thing. This is the perfect season and this is the perfect setup. This is the perfect opportunity for us all to get around the table of generosity, to flip aside the tables of status and come gather around the table of generosity. You know, there are those that have gone before us that have made a way and has Wow, have even reflected in Christ's suffering by laying their lives down so that we could have the freedom that we have today. In John 15, 13, this says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. And I just want to honor, I know in this house, we have those that are currently serving or those that have served. If any of you that have served in the military or in any aspect for us, fought for us, stood for us, ready and willing to die for us. Would you just give me a thumbs up in the house? I want to honor you today. Come on. Come on. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I want, we just celebrated Remembrance Day. On the 11th month, the 11th day on the 11th hour. I just want to take a moment For those who have laid down their lives just like Christ so that we could be free. We just take a moment of silence to do that. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for setting the example. We thank you for laying down your life for us. We thank you, Lord, for those that have gone before us too and have given up their lives so that we might have freedom. We want to honor you by honoring one another in this moment, this holy moment. 
May we never forget. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, coming, we're coming into Christmas really quick. And the story of Christmas is the story of Christ. And it's, it's a story how our Savior came in the form of a baby, born in a manger, a dirty place. Not a place that you would find a, a, a prince or, or a king. He wasn't born in a palace. And I believe for many reasons why Jesus was born where he was born was so that we could relate, so that he could understand some of the mess that we go through in our own life. And he's the reason, he's the reason for every day that we live. We get to take a moment to just do a little bit of inventory. Cast aside those things that haven't been benefiting us and to lean into his promise to lean into the best gift and the best gift that I could ever give and that you could ever give is sharing the gift of Jesus. In Romans 10 verse 9, Paul tells us if you want to receive this gift, I talked about the cross. I talked about how Jesus went to it for our sins. The very thing, there's no other price, there's no other person that could pay the price of sin. Religion tried every way to make sacrifices, but in the end, even the, even the high priest, their hands were still dirty. It took someone that was without sin to take on our sin so that we could be set free. He came to have a relationship with you and me. He came so that we could not just be blessed, but be a blessing in this season. He came for such a time as this. And some of you out there, you're like, I got nothing left to give. If you would just lean into him and you'd invite him in, you'll realize that you have more than enough to give. And that blessings will flow to you and through you and little is much when God is in it. And if you would just take a moment and a step of faith like we did in a moment of silence to reflect, remember, but respond. Would you respond for those that have fought so that we could have the freedom that we have today? Would you respond in a relationship with Jesus right here, right now? Just invite him in. Because if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believing that God the Father raised his son from the grave, you shall be saved. I'm going to lead us through a prayer. We're going to do just that. And I know there's some of us will be honest and I was there. I was living for myself. I'm trying to build my own tables. I got my own plans and I got my own ways. But there comes a time in your life when you realize that it's not worth it. It's not standing. It's not sturdy. And it's time that you just stand in a relationship with Jesus and stand on his word today. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to Father except for me. Would you do that right now? Why don't we just pray together? Just pray after me. Everyone in the house, say, dear Jesus, I know what it's like. 
I know what it's like to try to build a good life. To make things work. And yet to still mess up. I know what it's like to sin. Would you forgive me? I believe that you chose to die for me. That you chose to die for my sins. I believe that you overcame sin and death. That you rose from the grave. I'm ready to rise up. I'm ready to turn from my way and turn towards you. And I thank you. Today's a new day. Today's a new beginning. The past is the past. And all things are made new in you, dear Jesus. I choose to follow you. Amen. Just stay in the moment. Eyes closed. That's about Thank you, Lord. If, if you prayed that prayer, which we just prayed, either for the first time or you're, you're coming back to him. All eyes are closed and heads are bowed. What a perfect time to remember around Remembrance Day. Would you just give me a thumbs up? That's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep those thumbs up. The Lord sees you. Put those hands up. Praise Jesus right on. Come on. (laughs) Thank you. He died for you. All those men that went through the grave and they fought for what they believed in. They bled for you. Jesus bled for you. You'll never forget this day. Every time it comes across Remembrance Day, remember the blood that was shed not just by the soldiers, but by our Savior. Remember the blood that was shed for a covenant of freedom, a covenant of forgiveness, that he has overcome sin and death, and that you have and will be set free. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Pastor Charmaine, can you join me? You can open your eyes now, especially you if you're going to walk up here. (laughs) Sorry. So, You know what's happening. You know, we uh, we had a real cool opportunity on uh, Monday night. Monday night we had a little, what's that, Wednesday? It was Wednesday night? Oh man, that's why we stick together. What day of the week is this? Where we showed a movie. Yeah, it was a, sorry, it was a powerful movie. And, uh, you know, after that, you know, there's no, what time and what space is set up for God's grace? Always, always. And we saw uh, five people come to know the Lord uh, that night. And then we explained baptism. And it was so powerful and so emotional. And this is how God works outside the box when we step in and we follow him. Can you tell us a little bit about that or about baptism? Yeah, I just feel in my heart to just, just go back to what you were just talking about. But Jesus came and he lived a sinless life. He went to the cross. He was hurt. He was beaten. He died for us. For all sin that ever was and ever will be, he dealt with it in that moment. That moment of pain brought our healing. 
You know, and when we choose that, we're saying yes to Jesus and we're saying yes to hope and we're saying yes to new life. We're saying yes to purpose in this life and hope in the next. And when we talk about baptism, baptism is one of our first steps in, in discipleship. And discipleship means to really be a student, student of following Jesus, right? Baptism, the word means to be immersed. So in the natural, it means to go under the water for a second and come up again. But spiritually, it means that we are buried with Christ. Our sin is buried. It's dead. It's done. And when we come out, we are raised to new life in Christ, a new purpose, and ready to go forward. Not that we won't have hard times. Not that we won't deal with things. It's real. It's still real life. As long as we're on this earth, it's we're on this earth, right? But the authority of sin is dead in the water, which means that's right. We have authority to walk in our purposes. So again, like Pastor Matt said, what what is the space for grace? It's right now. It's any time. We're going to go into a song. It's a new song in this house. We've done one week so far. Just talking about who our God is. He's the God of miracles. He's the God of changing stories. Right? Today's a new day, and uh, Pastor Matt and I are going to be down here during worship. And so we just invite you, if you want to be baptized today, maybe you've done it before, and you're in a different season now, and you're like, I'm saying yes to Jesus fresh today. Come on down. Maybe you've never considered it before, and your heart's beating a little bit fast. It's like, I think today's my day. Come on down. We're not, there's no quiz. You say yes to Jesus. That's between you and Jesus. And we will do that for you. We have towels. We've got extra clothes. We've got anything that you need. So please feel free. Let us worship. Thank you for tuning in today. And thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.